Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast. On today's episode, we have Dr. Jennifer Haythornthwaite. Jennifer is a professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences here at Johns Hopkins University. Good morning, Jennifer. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Kim. How are you? I'm great. Well, thanks so much for um, coming and talk with us on the podcast today. We really wanted to use these um, new episodes to deliver faculty development content to fa- uh, faculty members, particularly junior faculty members we thought might be interested in hearing some content on the fly in an easily accessible format, say, you know, clicking the podcast when they're on the treadmill, we're in the car, where they're walking around the block. So we're hoping these little faculty faculty development snippets might be um, little taste tests or samplers for faculty to get some content. So what would you like to talk with us about this morning? So I thought today um, I would talk to you about prioritizing and saying no, because I know this is a big challenge that faculty have in their deciding what they say yes to and what they say no and the decisions that they make on a regular basis. So the first thing I thought that I would, the first point I thought I would make is that I want everybody to just keep in mind, every time you say yes, you're saying no to something that you're already committed to. And every Mm -hmm. time you say no, you're saying yes to something you're already committed to. Yeah. And so that it just provides a little bit of a balance that it's not just saying no to some new opportunity that comes along because you've already got a full plate. Most of us do. And when you say yes to something that comes along Mm -hmm. you're actually then saying no i'm not going to fulfill a commitment i've already made Mm -hmm. either to myself personally i'm going to cut back on exercise i'm going to see less of my family or professionally i'm not going to meet a deadline or i'm not going to get something else done yeah but what about that you know situation where as new faculty members especially you want to you're afraid of turning down potential opportunities and you certainly don't want to be the person who always says no so how do I, you know, how do I as a faculty member ascertain which are things I say yes to and which are things I say no to? Well, and so that's the next point I wanted to talk about was how do you prioritize? How do you kind of in your own sense know which are the things that you really should be saving your time for and saying yes to? And which are the things that you should really think long and hard about and even say no to if they're mm-hmm. not right? And mm-hmm. so... One of the things that we talk about with the faculty about uh, as a way of trying to understand their own priorities is even thinking about sitting down for some period of time, maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and thinking about what your mission statement would look like. Mm. And and there are worksheets on the web that you can find that will help you kind of just think about what is your work about? What is the priority for how you want to have your career unfold. And it doesn't have to be for the rest of your life. It can be for the next couple of years. What what are the things that are important to you? Mm-hmm. And in most mission statements, there's also a, a, a kind of a focus on what are your values. Mm-hmm. And values are very important in, in how we think about what's important to us with our mm-hmm. with our work and our mission. So some junior faculty members may say, yeah, you know, I, I interviewed to come to Hopkins or come to this institution because I was trained in this or did that in my fellowship and I'm really good at that. But maybe now I'm in a new culture, a new environment or NIH or funding priorities have changed and I don't really know what I should be doing. So uh, I can think of faculty members who come to talk to us and they're maybe not so crystal clear as to what their mission should be. Right. So that's even a stumbling block. They can't 
uh, it's harder for them to conceive of. And then they had this kind of anxiety saying, well, if Jennifer Haythorne's weight asked me to do something, maybe she knows something I don't know. Am I missing an opportunity? Even though it doesn't align with my mission, maybe I should rethink this. Should I pivot? Should I? Well, so, so there are a couple layers to what you just said. I think that it's very common for people earlier in their career to have a bit of a crisis. Did mm-hmm. I make the right choice? Right. Um, and, and especially people, if they're, if they are well clinically trained and then embarking on a research career and thinking about competing for NIH dollars or researchers who are kind of losing funding and thinking about what other alternatives they have. So that's one set of circumstances. And that's still, I think, really understanding what gives you purpose and meaning in your work is a very important part of helping you then make decisions about what direction to follow. I don't think people can lose that sense of purpose and meaning mm-hmm. um, for okay. any period of time. For temporary times, we can always deal with, with things. But if you lose your sense of purpose and meaning in your work, that's a fundamental mm. loss mm. and won't be a long-term plan. Um, I think the other thing, going back to your, you know, many institutions, it's a cookie jar. There's so mm-hmm. many right. delicious opportunities. and. Mm-hmm. And so this is where having a sense of what your your mission is, what your what gives you purpose and meaning, and then really holding yourself accountable to the fact that yes, somebody else may have something that looks good on the surface, and but if it's not consistent with what your your kind of current focuses your pathway the the things that you think are are um, important to your career then at least you want to have a conversation with that person or a mentor about how does this fit? Is this a good idea? And that comes to kind of how do you say no? And mm-hmm. with almost every opportunity you're offered, you want to get some distance from the op- the ask. Mm. You want to get away from the person asking, do you want to do this? So you mean physical distance. Physical distance. You oh. want to get away. You want time distance and physical distance so that you can really spend some time on your own thinking about, is this a good opportunity? Is this something I want to do? You might consult with your peers. You might consult with mentors. What do you think? Is this, mm-hmm. how does this fit? And if, and, and if the answer is no, it's a lot easier to say that not in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and follow up by email and, um, and to explain then under that circumstance, mm-hmm. you want to compliment the person for asking you and thinking about you um, and then explain to them that you are not able to meet this, mm-hmm. their timeline or that you with, with competing um, obligations you already have, you won't be able to meet the expectancy of the opportunity. And then one of the things I say to people is, I'll only disappoint you. Oh, uh, I won't be able to make it on time. I won't be able to put the time into it. I, I don't want to disappoint you. Um, mm-hmm. You can turn it into a win-win. You can help them find an alternative person to help with the ask. Mm-hmm. Um, this can happen if there's a colleague you have that might be interested or somebody who's junior to you who might be interested in the opportunity. You might shift it so that you take second second fiddle mm-hmm. on the opportunity and help that younger person and so it's your opportunity to be a mentor yeah um so there are a variety of things like that that you yeah. can do <clears throat> so saying no so how, walk us through this if i'm a junior faculty member and i'm in my office and i get a drive-by right. ask yeah and so say? jennifer haythorn's walking down the hallway she's my mentor she's a senior professor yeah. nih funded her whole life 
oh my gosh, Kim, I'm so glad I saw you. I was thinking you'd be perfect to do thus and such. What does the person do? Wow, do that sounds really exciting. Can I can I set up a meeting to talk to you about it tomorrow or the next day? Um, and and I'd love to hear more about it. And I'd love to think about how why you think it's such a good opportunity for me. And that'll give me some time to look at my calendar and see what what might be possible. Love it. I love it. So we need to practice that. Yes, absolutely. And and those of us who are people pleasers, and then when our (laughs) initial instinct is to say, oh, sure, happy to, happy to, and then kick ourselves the rest of the day. So what did I just do? We have to be really smart about knowing where our own weaknesses are and where our tendencies are to to recognize that I know I'm going to be the person who says yes and volunteers, and I have to pause, give myself a moment to reflect on that. Yeah, I think the other part of it to realize is that even your mentor um, doesn't know all of the things that you're already committed mm, to. Good point. So they may think that you're the right person for this and completely forget that this yeah. conflicts with yeah. another major deadline. Right. And so, so that's the reason that you don't want to kind of get caught up in the moment of somebody else's enthusiasm without taking the time you need to figure out how does this fit. And it fits, it's got to fit in your calendar. It's mm-hmm. got to fit with your priorities and mm-hmm. your sense of purpose and meaning. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need consultations from other people to help us understand that fit. I love that caught up in somebody else's enthusiasm. I, and I think the other component of that is sometimes our faculty members might feel like, how can Jennifer have just asked me that? She knows, as you just said, she knows I've got one, two, three, and ABC going on. I can't believe she would just ask me that. Or the well, flip is that, or I can't believe she asked me that. I can't, doesn't she know that I've got these other things? Or, or the other thing is, oh, I can't believe she asked. Of course she, she knows me and she asked me and I'm special and I must be, there's some ulterior motive and I'm being recognized as being a leader and I'm so valuable. So I think there are two opposing ways of, humbling ourselves as a junior faculty member and saying, first of all, no, you're not the center of everybody's universe. Jennifer, your mentor or that leader has a thousand things going on and you are as humbling as it sounds, you're a bit player in their life. We're all the center of our own universes. So your mentor doesn't necessarily or probably does not know everything on your plate. And then the flip side of that is, no, maybe you're not you weren't cherry picked as a perfect person for this. And there are other people. So it's an ego thing. There are other people who could be doing this. So don't think, well, she asked me because I'm the only one who could do it. So there's like some kind of a middle there of a healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I I think that the, um, the real challenge under these circumstances is saying the saying no. Mm -hmm. And so I will say to people, you need to figure it out in your mind and come up with a, 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 a way of thinking about it. Is it a yes or is it a no? Mm-hmm. And again, I go back to if you say yes, mm-hmm. then you're probably saying no to something you're already committed to because right. you don't have a lot of free time. Mm-hmm. And if you say no, you're saying yes to those commitments and yeah. you can fulfill those commitments. So it's a very important thing to consider yeah. of uh, when you're kind of trying to decide, do I say yes or do I say no? And then if you do decide to say no, then it's really important that you be positive with the person, you look for a win-win, and that you persist. Mm. You do not back down unless they really provide you with some compelling reason to back down. Because a lot of people will 
keep at it thinking that they can convince you. And if you show them that you can be convinced, then they've learned that you're, you can, you're that kind of person. Right. We train people how to treat us. Yes, absolutely. And, and so you want to give it some real thought. And then if you're going to say no, you want to stick to it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you don't back down, right? But you don't back down easily, yeah. and you need somebody to give you a really compelling argument to back down. And then in that circumstances, you can also another strategy is, especially if it's a mentor or even a supervisor, is you say to them, "Well, listen, you really want me to do this thing. Um, you've convinced me that I might be able to do it. Now we need to talk about before we finalize this. What am I going to give up doing so that I can do this new thing? That's right. And again, it's that saying. Yes to something new means that you're going to say no to something that's already on your plate. So then use that person to identify, well, what am I going to delay? What am I not going to do? Mm-hmm. What am I going to, who, who do you have to help me delegate this mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. so that I can offload this other thing that I'm going to be saying no to? That's right. And I love that default of, I'm afraid I'm going to uh, disappoint, disappoint you. you. I don't want to disappoint you. I like James Clear has a blog that I love and a kind of a twist on that saying yes and no. He says, when we say no, we're saying no to one thing. But when we say yes, we're saying no to many things. Mm-hmm. So the idea that yeah. when I say yes to this, now I'm potentially losing opportunities to to do other things. So you're saying no, you're saying no to just that one thing. But if you're saying yes, you're saying no to a lot of other things by virtue of having to shift to doing this other thing. Now you're not able to do these other things. So I think that's so important. That's exactly like what you're, what you're saying is recognizing when you do say yes, what does that mean? Something's going to have to recalibrate it. Something, there are consequences, as you always say, there are consequences to everything. And are you willing in this season or period to pay those consequences for that time? So just, just to close off the discussion, yeah. if you're if you're interested in this topic, a very good book is Essentialism by mm-hmm. Greg McGowan. Right. And it's a very, on Audible, it's a wonderful listen. And in, um, in print version, it's a, a quick read. So yeah. please refer to that. Well, this has been a great uh, little snippet here. I hope you enjoyed listening to Dr. Jennifer Haythornthwaite sharing her tips and hints on prioritizing and saying no. If you'd like to get in touch with Dr. Haythornthwaite or invite her to come to your institution, please send me an email at facultyfactory. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions. We encourage you to go to facultyfactory.org to find out more, get in touch with me, ask me any questions. Maybe you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. We'll see you next time. The Faculty Factory podcast and website is sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine Office of Faculty. For more information, visit facultyfactory.org.